The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Ryan Tupperty and his agent Noel Kelly face intense scrutiny as they appear before Oireachtas committees today to address the pay scandal at RTE. Now, uh, there have been already today a number of developments because uh, statements have been issued by both Noel Kelly and by Ryan Tupperty. Ryan Tupperty addressing what he calls the seven untruths. Sean Defoe, our political correspondent, is on the line. Uh, Sean, the seven untruths. Yeah, Pat, so really strong opening statement from Ryan Tuberty issued shortly after half past eight this morning, along with 39 pages of documents from both him and Noel Kelly, including a number of emails between uh, them and RT management and also Ryan's contract. But the seven untruths he goes through. So he says the first untruth, he didn't take a pay cut from RTE in 2020. He says this is simply not true. He took a 20% pay cut in his 2020 to 2025 contract. The second untruth, the suggestion that his decision to retire from the Late Late Show was prompted by the whole debacle. He said it wasn't. He wasn't aware of any of this or the Grant Thornton review or any of that when he decided to retire and instead it was largely driven by burnout following COVID. The third untruth he lists is that he was secretly or uh, covertly overpaid by RTE. He said it was simply not true. He was not overpaid by RTE at any point. I accept I'm fully we- I'm very well paid, he said, but I was paid fully in accordance with my contracts. There was no overpayments. These are RTE under declarations. The fourth truth, or fourth untruth, he says, is that he was aware that RTE were trying to conceal payments to him. He said that's not true and he wasn't aware of any concealing uh, of payments and that RTE said as such in their Grant Thornton statement when they made no findings against him. The fifth untruth, that there was a secret deal with Renault that he tried to conceal. He said this is not only uh, untrue but completely beggars belief. He had a separate commercial arrangement with Renault uh, and that he made a number of public appearances which would have been all over social media. He said the sixth untruth, that RTE's underwriting of the Renault payment obligations was a secret and I think this might be actually the most significant one. He said this is simply not true. The underwriting of RTE's payment obligations was not a secret and in fact is unequivocally confirmed in an email dated the 20th of February 2020 from Bridge O'Keefe, then Chief Financial Officer, uh, to his agent. Uh, we'll get to the seventh on truth maybe in a second but just to pick that point, Pat, because I think it is the most significant because it completely contradicts uh, days of evidence at the Oireachtas Committee from various RTE officials and they've included that particular email in the document. It's a discussion note from the 20th, dated 20th of February 2020 between Bridget O'Keefe and Noah Kelly about their negotiations on the contract. The €75,000 per contract a year fee with Renault for three public appearances is mentioned. Noel Kelly says that they are looking for RT to guarantee and underwrite this fee for the duration of the uh, contract. And in the notes in red pen, or red um, typeface rather, Bridget O'Keefe said, we made good progress on this on on one event in Dublin, two outside of Dublin, and we can provide you with a side letter to underwrite this fee for the duration of the contract. That completely contradicts what she said at the Oireachtas Committee last week when she said that when she left the role in March of 2020, left the job, uh, that the management team were united, including D4 of the Director General and others, in saying that they absolutely would not provide a guarantee for that, that it would open RTE to all sorts of um, uh, all sorts of obligations with Ryan Tuberty and that it was never mentioned with her until she left. No one on the team, as Noel Kelly points out in his opening statement, contradicted her that day, even though they were all there. So huge flaws in the RTE story emerging from these documents. Now, um, the seventh untruth that in some way there were under declarations of his earnings. And this is the the €120,000 payment, which turns out not to have been a payment at all. And therefore, this- the 345 
drops to 225. A lot of money still, but it's not 345 as RT suddenly splashed. I mean, that's no, extraordinary. And this, extraordinary. It's remarkable. Uh, and this is one of the areas that we did not have a huge amount of information on, despite this being in week, what, three and a half now of this particular controversy. So to go through what Ryan Choperty specifically says, and remember, uh, Adrian Lynch had a weird explanation for this at the committee where he said the amount was due to Ryan Choperty as an exit fee and it was credited in the RTE accounts, but not actually paid. And no one ever clarified that. So to quote Ryan Choperty here, he says, the seventh untruth that RTE, uh, that, sorry, that I did not ask RTE about their under declarations of my earnings when they released the 2017, 2018, 2019 uh, earnings. He said he uh, f- should should have asked and fully accepts he should have asked when he saw his public declarations were different to what he was getting. Uh, at the end of his 2015 to 2020 contract, he was due a €120,000 loyalty payment, end of contract payment, exit payment. He refers to it in three different ways. He says he did not invoice for that payment, did not pursue the payment and did not receive any payment. The documents today bear that out. In his view, he had foregone €120,000 payment, but not taken it. But because of how RT reported that decision in their accounts, the narrative for the last three weeks has been, and I'm quoting him, that I not only did I take this payment, but that I somehow contrived to hide it. I reiterate, I actually waived my entitlement to the payment and didn't receive one cent of it. I hid nothing. I had nothing to hide. And he goes on to say he signed a contract in good faith, declared his earnings, and paid his taxes, and his employer has acknowledged that it engaged in deceptive practices to, to, for payments that were hidden of me, the result of which was that, uh, and again, Quoting, I became the face of a national scandal, accused of being complicit, deceitful and dishonest. I think the statement on the 22nd of June was very unhelpful in that regard. The full truth was concealed. Now, <laughs> um, that's an extraordinary uh, statement from Ryan Tuberty and it is backed up by a raft of documentation. So, Sean, thank you very much for uh, bringing us up to speed. I haven't had a chance to read the documentation uh, yet. Uh, there are lots of emails. Um, two of uh, my guests, though, this morning have been desperately trying to scan the documents uh, to shed more light on all of this. Uh, Malcolm Burn is Fianna Fáil, Senator in Wexford, member of the Oireachtas Media Committee, and Philip Ryan, political editor with the Irish Independent, uh, good morning and welcome. So, um, Malcolm Byrne, what are you going to do today in the face of these revelations? Uh, so, good morning, Pat. Uh, you'll appreciate, like everybody else, uh, these documents have only landed in the last half an hour uh, into our committees. We have two three-hour um, meetings today. Uh, first, the Public Accounts Committee and then the Oireachtas Media Committee. Uh, and I think, uh, and I, I'll, I'll challenge some of your earlier assertions that we as politicians haven't been doing our job. I think the committees, for the most part, have sought to elicit information as to what was happening in RTE. And I think we've done a pretty good job so far with the RTE But it turns executives. out you got it wrong. Your committee, with the help of RTE, have actually got a lot of stuff wrong well, and it's been put well, into the, the public domain under privilege... And that's important. It's been reported faithfully by the media what went on in these committees and all the assertions that were made under privilege. And it turns out that a lot of stuff is downright wrong. Well, what we what we have on the basis of the documents provided to us today and what Sean has outlined is that there is a conflict of evidence. So clearly we have had at the Oireachtas Media Committee, we had the RT executive and the RT board in before us for two weeks. We interrogated them. We got a certain amount of information from them. A number of the issues related uh, to the role of the former uh, Chief Financial Officer, Breed O'Keefe, she was in with us last week. There is now in the uh, in the documentation that has been provided by uh, Ryan Tuberty and Noel Kelly, they are disputing the accounts and the evidence that was provided before our committee. So we're obviously going to interrogate 
uh, the statements that Ryan Tuberty and Noel Kelly have made today. What is very clear, I suppose, is that it does point to uh, levels of poor corporate governance uh, and poor financial management uh, within RTE. This is a bigger question than just uh, the the Ryan Tuberty contract issue. This is around the culture within the organisation and that's why Minister Catherine Martin has been right in terms of what she's done with the two uh, expert groups that have gone in, one dealing with culture, one with HR and indeed the forensic accountants go in. What we're trying to do at the moment is we're trying to piece together uh, the jigsaw as to exactly what has gone on, gone on. We've heard from the RTE executive, we've heard from the RTE authority. Today we're hearing from Noel Kelly and, and Ryan Tuberty. I still think we need to hear uh, from Dee Forbes uh, and Jim Jennings and hopefully when they're well enough, they will be in a position uh, to provide uh, evidence to us. But certainly uh, it does look, and Noel Kelly's statement is is pretty pugnacious from the initial uh, reading that I have on it, that, that he is going to uh, challenge a lot of the evidence that was provided and by the RTE executive. Uh, our role, I, I guess, the same way as we did with the executive, is to interrogate that uh, and to try to determine uh, what is the truth. Um, because clearly mm. what we have here is a number of individuals uh, who are providing contradictory evidence. Um, Breed O'Keefe provided evidence that sort of contradicted some of the evidence that had been provided by the RTE executive last week. Uh, what Noel Kelly is maintaining in his statement, uh, and again, you'll appreciate we've only just had a chance to scan through the documents, mm-hmm. uh, that that it it seems to to challenge some of the assertions uh, that Breed O'Keefe uh, was making. So I, I think we will provide a service today, uh, and I'm, I'm quite confident that there may be a few, Pat, who will grandstand, but I think the majority members of both committees are just interested in getting to the truth on this uh, and I think it is important, not just for us as politicians, uh, but for the wider public, mm. that they know what's going now, on in the it's, national It's interesting going into Noel Kelly's statement, and I'm just, as you, like you, scanning it for the first time. Um, he says, bizarrely, the figures that RT declared for both 2020 and 2021 are wrong. In both years, they overstate the amount they paid. Ryan, we address this on pages 28 and 29 of uh, the documents. For 2020, the overstatement was €62,536. For 2021, the overstatement was €83,381. So clearly, RTE is still struggling with these declarations. The problem here is... and. Uh, Ryan Tuberty sets it out in his statement is that RTE don't seem to have spoken to Ryan Tuberty or to Noel Kelly when they were issuing statements carrying out internal audits appearing before Oireachtas committees there seems to have been no communication with the main protagonist um, involved in this and that is the reason why I think a lot of this uh, has ended up the way it is because when you look at the according to Noel Kelly and Ryan Tuberty they did actually at one point raise it with RTE that the figures that were they were putting out for his salary or for his pay rather were incorrect and that was for the, the years 2017 to, to 2019 so look if it, that, that goes against absolutely everything that we have taught so far that Mr Tuberty didn't put his hand up and, and, and yell stop and go look this is this is incorrect they seem to have at the same time you know, let that one go. I'm not sure how. I have to haven't looked at the entire documents around that just yet. That they did seem to. Well, they did. Noel Kelly did raise it with them. They they didn't seem to raise it in uh, the following years. But the the main point for uh, Ryan Tuberty is that he just seems to have been a bit of out uh, an outsider in this entire process over mm. the last three or four um, weeks. The Grant Thornton uh, report vindicated Noel Kelly and Ryan Tuberty of any wrongdoing. Mm. Okay. Mm. Um, 
they didn't, RT did not, uh, when they did the big announcement, Shuni Rahala and so on, the mm. chair, when she made the big announcement about 345,000, which in, in the event turns out to be 225,000. Yeah. Anyway, um, didn't mention that they'd been vindicated by Graham Thornton. No. And it had to be Adrian Lynch a couple of days later who made that vindication. I mean, like, did the chairwoman jump the gun? I think everybody seems to have jumped the gun in RTE on this one, that there was very... Look, you'd think that the most obvious thing to do if you're dealing with something like this, if you're dealing with finances, you're dealing with someone you have a contractual arrangement with and you're going before a Rockdus committee, you're publishing something that you know is going to be a bombshell across the entire country and within the media, that you just pick up the phone and go, do you think this is right? We're going to put this out in your name. And I think he mentions it there 15 times. His name was mentioned in the statement. Look, I, I mean, think... Do you think there's an attitude that Ryan Tuberty has... And it turns out he said this had nothing to do with him standing down for the Late Late Show. He was mm. burnt out after the pandemic and so on, performing to an empty studio and all the rest of it. So he decided to stand down. That in a way, he was quite disposable to the board, given he was no longer host of the Late Late Show. Is is that an well, element he that feeds into this? He still had his show on... Radio 1, I suppose, uh, th- that was keeping him going. And he has, the, even the, the, that doesn't seem to be addressed here where that contract now lies and what happens. But the one thing well, that stood that's out That's suspended me, as we, we've as been suspended. told. Yeah. But, uh, the negotiations. Y- yesterday, uh, He's still being paid, but the negotiations on a further contract have, uh, have been, been suspended. Yeah. But yesterday, Kevin Backhurst was, um, he was very non-committal about whether Ryan Tuberty can come back into RTE or not and he was going to address staff. I think after reading this, Ryan Tuberty could name his price for going back into RTE if all this is to be believed. Well, the, the, you know, it might end up in a different forum, not mm-hmm. a committee, yeah. a, a different uh, forum not too far away in the forecourts mm-hmm. uh, based on yeah. on how this is panning out at the moment. I, I think it does speak, though, to the culture of what, what happens in RTE. I mean, what is pretty evident here is that in many ways, uh, Noel Kelly could march in on behalf of his client, as is his job, uh, and effectively say to RT, you know, these are the terms of the deal. The deal was primarily on the evidence that 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 has been presented to us so far. D Forbes took a very hands-on approach with regards uh, to this engagement, that there were various elements within RTE that didn't know what was going on, uh, and that in many cases, a lot of those who did didn't necessarily put their hand up uh, to challenge one, some of the issues. One interesting thing, though, from the contract, and this is the the document that Noel Kelly raises about Brito O'Keefe, the former CFO, and then this is she's responding to Noel Kelly uh, on contract negotiations, and she says, we can meet you halfway and increase the fee offer to 435,000 uh, per contract year. This represents a 12% reduction on the last published earnings for Ryan, which we have to be cognizant of, given RTE's commitment to reduce top talent fees by 15%. So he didn't take the the same cut as maybe other presenters did if, if this document is to be believed. Um, where do we go to from here? Because, I mean, these statements are, uh, they're like Exocet missiles <laughs> into the, the whole debate. Cluster bombs. Yeah, cl- <laughs> cluster <laughs> bombs might be the, the more. So, so where do we go to from here? Because um, I, I don't know what the committees do. Th- these are... You know, there's chapter and verse in so, these documents. So, we haven't, and I have to stress this, I haven't been able to go through them in detail. I've been talking to with you guys. Well, you guys have been trying to scan to, them as yeah, well. Well, well. That's well, one we thing haven't. on the Ryan Tuberty side as well. That's part of a, a media strategy. Mm-hmm. Let, let's call that out as well, because these documents were released at half eight this morning, knowing that your show, other shows are, are going to be panicking to get people on air. They won't have the full time to delve over it. And that the strategy is then that there isn't a time for the debate. Now, there will be throughout the day, but it is part of a media strategy. That has yeah. been and, and Kevin Backhurst uh, is scheduled to be on the hard shoulder later 
later on this afternoon whether he fulfills that obligation in the light of all this is another uh, question but he is committed uh, to being on the, the hard shoulder. I, I wouldn't make the point I mean we've already had um, before the Oireachtas Media Committee and the Public Accounts Committee extensive hearings uh, you know trawling over the documentation and indeed we have sought further documentation from RT and we continue to seek that. Uh, I think what we will see today is we're going to have six hours again of questioning. So I think we will see over the course of the day, you know, this documentation will be interrogated to a far greater degree. What will happen after this is essentially um, we're going to present reports to the minister. The minister has two teams and a forensic accountant uh, going into RT. What is important at the end of all of this is a complete picture that there is total transparency around what happened in as far as we know. Uh, that there is accountability where there was wrongdoing. And then I think we've got to look at the next mm. steps. Uh, I think some of the actions Kevin Backhurst uh, introduced yesterday, for instance, the register of interests uh, for presenters and producers and other prominent personnel, the fact that he got uh, you know, the executive board uh, to stand down, they are positive first steps. Yeah. He, he did say he will be judged on the basis of the actions that he takes, uh, and that is critical. Um, but we've then got to look at addressing the broader question of the funding uh, of public sector broadcasting in Ireland because the, the, the dilemma is this battle between the licence fee and commercial income, which in many ways is, is, is at the heart of, of this dysfunction uh, that's happening in RTE. Yeah. Now, uh, the first committee is happening at 11 o'clock. So uh, one of the listeners saying, can they not postpone the committee until they go through the docks? Um, they can go through the docks between now and 11 o'clock. I mean, that's the, it's, not, it's not an encyclopedia mm-hmm. of documentation, uh, but uh, they can certainly do that. And will they read out the same statements when they go into your committee? Well, well I, I, yeah, I, 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 I don't. I, I think we, we might take the statements as read in terms yeah. of what, what has been presented to us. I think there are enough questions that are... That I mean, ultimately, what people want to know is who knew what, when, uh, what were well, the deals that, that were involved. What's the point in the media committee just asking the same question it is, over well, and over well, again? I, I, there, there's, there's an argument. I mean, the two roles of the two committees are slightly different, and I do get uh, the slightly. point that's there. Uh, well, well, PAC's role is... So, so but the questioning has been exactly the same in both. Like, it, it does seem I a presume that the Public Accounts two. Committee, uh, financial probity and all that there would be... That, right? the, yeah. Whereas the Media Committee has maybe a slightly broader remit uh, in terms of where does RT go from here? How it's is the it, governance and culture issue. Uh, and we have been, I mean, the Media Committee has been considering actually hmm. the, the future media and the funding uh, of media for quite hmm. some period. In fact, we have a... On the normal schedule of events, we're actually looking the way, at the question I, of sports I might, broadcasting tomorrow. I might give you a, a little insight into how RT ended up with so many contractors instead of people on staff presenting the Late Late Show or whatever other show. And the answer is, in my case, I can tell you, when I was a young radio announcer, uh, on staff, permanent pension position started in the GPO, believe it or not, then moved to um, Montrose. And I was being asked to do things like news reading, even though my radio announcing job was my core job. And I was getting paid a bit extra for doing that. And then I was asked to do some other shows and so on. And I was called in by the director of personnel. The, the, the man at the time was Connor Sexton. And he says, if you want to keep doing these jobs, you have to leave RT and become a, an independent contractor. I was told, give up your permanent pensionable job if you want career advancement. And I took my chances because I was young and foolish <laughs> and, and did just that. Did, did but, okay. that's, that's, <laughs> yeah, but that's how it happens, yeah. you know, that you cannot, yeah, yeah. in those days. Now, I think there were people like Sean O'Rourke who became a star, in quotes, mm. while being on staff. And there were other people who might have had that opportunity. But in the case of most people, the gay burns of the world and so on, they were told you cannot have any uh, career prospects unless you are independently. Uh, and what's the reason behind that, do you think? I presume so they can drop you. 
<laughs> you know, if, yeah, you, yeah. If, if you're star wanes, if you're not doing the job, um, they can drop you. Whereas if you're a permanent staff member in RT or indeed the public service generally, you cannot be fired. Yeah, they have to find somewhere else. So, so that's that's the logic behind it. It's just worth informing the committee when they start pursuing this line of inquiry. Why so many... Tony, you want to go before I, I was going to ask, are you, are you volunteering to come as a witness no. before our committee, Pat? No, but it's, I, there's so many things I could tell you guys. Yeah. <laughs> we, 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 might, we might send you an invitation, yes. Uh, we will leave it there. Look, thank you very much. You have a busy day ahead of you, Malcolm. And uh, Philip, I yeah. suspect you have a very yeah. busy he day ahead. cover one committee. We have to come or two. <laughs> well, uh, well, I, I, I think the, the, the other side, though, is, and, and we shouldn't lose track of this, I mean, there is still that bigger question around the funding of public sector broadcasting yeah. and where RT, because yes, we'll have transparency and accountability at the end of this period. RT is going to face a major financial crisis toward the end of the year. We're not going to see yeah. more people paying their licence fee. There's going to be commercial yeah, challenges. And there, there, there is um, the other thing of public service broadcasting and what RT has so many things it does so well. And, you know, it's a bit like Humpty Dumpty. You're not Humpty Dumpty off the wall. It might be very hard to rebuild if RT is destroyed by all of this. Very hard to rebuild you to a good public Prime service. You investigates last night to see that. Day. Yeah, exactly. The kind of work that uh, RT does so well. So don't push Humpty Dumpty <laughs> off the wall because you can't put them together again. Look, thank you both very much for joining us. Malcolm Byrne, Fianna Fáil Senator in Wexford, member of the Oireachtas Media Committee, and Philip Ryan, political editor with the Irish Independent. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.